0: It's 2009, the country is on the cusp of a deep recession and automakers are taking government bailouts due to plummeting car and truck sales. But guys with names like Dino and Delmo started looking towards the past, in particular the red-headed stepchild of the Chevrolet truck to help breathe new life into the truck industry and help set the foundation for the C10 craze for the next 10 years. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the history of the Chevrolet C10, starting with its 1960 to 66 platform. So just like the fashion world, the world of customizing cars and trucks has followed certain trends and cycles. Often, it's a progression of style and technique. And other times, it's the opposite of the trend that came before. So with influence and impact, we're going to be tracing some of these trends, these styles, the builders and influencers that made them happen, and what impact it's had on the industry and on culture at large. So today we're going to be starting off with something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. It's the C10 truck. And we're going to be starting off where basically with the CK designation started, and that's the 60 to 66 truck. Um, These were kind of like the ugly ducklings for a long time. Not as many people wanted them, but they've gotten a lot more popular in the last, you know, probably 10, 15 years. Um, I mean, I can remember back maybe 2003 I was over at go easy getting my my truck bagged and one of the guys Scott there had the the cat eye 61 I think you know front end on this trucks and it was all bagged out had tons of metal work roll cage bed cage all this fancy stuff on it but you just looked at it and you're like that thing looks ugly <laughs> I mean that's it's so true though it's kind of what people <laughs> thought of these trucks yes at you know at the time Right, they were kind of the the least desirable of them, and I think that's kind of why he was doing a lot of that work to it is because no one really cared.
1: Yeah, those trucks for a while there, they were kind of like you mentioned, the ugly duckling. You know, nobody really liked them. They they came from a different era. They came from that atomic era. You know, back when trucks and and cars kind of looked like missiles or you know your latest spacecraft. So it didn't really kind of for our generation, it didn't really connect with like what the younger or the older generation had going on with those trucks. Cause those trucks really were the first, a lot of first on those trucks. I mean, you're looking mm-hmm. at independent front suspension. You're looking at more of a car like ride. Um, this is when they were starting to try to make a car more like a car. I'm sorry.
0: This <laughs> make is when, a truck. This is when they're like trying a to making
1: a truck more like a car.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it was definitely still some of that, that 50s era right. styling, you know, wasn't it was Harley Earl?
1: Harley Earl, yeah, was the original designer. So obviously, yeah. your 57 Chevys, your 59 Buicks, Cadillacs, your Buicks, yeah. yeah, I mean, very bolsterous designs, very kind yeah. of long lines and, and 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 kind of fat looking fenders was was his style.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and it kind of fit that that gap. Obviously, it was designed in the late 50s. I think it was it was the last truck that he ever designed. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, and then. Obviously, a lot of those were long beds.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too, that, you know, my memories of those trucks are mainly long bed trucks because really back in the 60s, a short bed was kind of a ridiculous thing to have. It was something that usually was reserved for government jobs or maybe a ranger or a forest service guy would have a short bed pickup because they didn't have to haul anything. You know, most people, they would have, like, an 8-foot bed. You can put an 8-foot sheet of plywood in. Mm -hmm. You could put a camper on it. And that's my memory of those trucks or a lot of those trucks that had, like, an over... Uh, roof um, over the cab. cab, Yeah. yeah, Those campers. And, you know, a lot of guys would go camping in those things, but you know, it took a long time for them to kind of become kind of a hot rod, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, because really they just, they serve more of a work purpose.
0: Yeah. And they kind of felt like a little bit more of the, the work truck. Like this is before the later C10s that really got comfortable. Right. And I mean, even of course the, the CK OBS truck that, When that happened, that was, you know, you basically got a sports car with a bed on it. That's kind of how those started to go. Um, And that's, I think, if I remember correctly, because there was like a couple years ago, there was a huge auction in like Nebraska that had like 150 of That's these right. trucks. Yes. And they were like, you know, 10 mile, you know, 10 miles on the, on the odometer and, you know, sitting out in a field, trees growing through them. Right. And they were like all long beds and it's kind of like, oh, you start thinking, you look back and I think wasn't it, it was like 80% of them, I think were long beds. Oh, easily. Like that.
1: Easily. I mean, you know, numbers wise, uh, I, I would have to look some of that up, but. Well,
0: I mean, we can easily look all of that up.
1: You know, but but you're right. Everything was you know geared more towards a utilitarian thing. It wasn't about individuality. It wasn't about your spin on a vehicle. This was about you've got a truck. A truck's used for work. You're gonna put your gear in it, or your building materials, or your fun, and you're gonna take it someplace. Mm-hmm. That was those trucks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't low and slow. It wasn't anything cool to cruise.
0: No, and that's uh. So just some numbers on that. On and this is 65. So towards the end – of the cycle, you know, from 60 to 66. Uh, but there was about 55,000 short beds, Ooh. half tons made. Okay. How many long beds do you think of that was, like, judging that percentage?
1: I'm going to say 220,000.
0: Uh, I mean, you're close, but 157000 Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, I mean, so three <clears throat> times the amount exactly. of these trucks were long beds. Right. You know, so that reflected, you know, basically what people wanted, what they were buying, right. you know, and, and what they were using them for. Right. Um. And I think one of the interesting things, especially when it gets into later, like, customizing these, is 60 to 62. Well, okay, and here we go, because
1: I do classify these trucks two different ways. I look at it as a 60 to 63. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know where we're going to go with All that. Right. Yeah, let's All right. break it All down, right. break okay. it down. So for me, I look at 60 to 63 because of the body style. You have more of what was the older body
0: style. You have like the task force kind of right. era. You have yeah. the, the
1: wraparound windshield. You have mm-hmm. the knee knocker doors yeah. that mimic more of the Chevy Apaches. And, and even too, you know, uh, the 60s, 62s were still called Apaches. So oh, okay. it wasn't until 63 until they dropped the Apache moniker and just... Basically, refer to them as C tens, even yeah. though a sixty is still has the C and the K moniker,
0: right? It's yeah, it does get kind of confusing. Yeah. They they were kind of throwing stuff around, and obviously, I think kind of in regular nomenclature, we've just come to accept C means two wheel drive, correct. K means four wheel drive, correct? There's going to be some mixing and matching, but like. Hey, that's kind of the basics of it.
1: A Chevy is always a confusing one because even today they are, they're still messing around with the LT1 engine, which is that the seventy yeah. LT1, the nineties <laughs> s- LT1. LT1? So, or, so we're talking she- an Impala or right, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Chevy does like to repeat themselves, but but also too going back to the to the breakdown. I also then look at the 64, 65, 66s alone
0: because of the cab design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you had the slant, you know, kind of windshield. Right. A little more modernized, a little more, you know.
1: And those are usually the more popular ones with the customizer guys. Yeah. You know, they kind of like those three years. But the funny thing about it, if you're looking Mm suspension-wise, 63 is the big year. Yeah. Because 63 is when we go from torsion bar. We lose the torsion bars and we go to a coil over, I'm sorry, a coil spring. Yeah. Uh, so front end.
0: Basically, yeah, from 63 on, it's almost identical almost. suspension Correct. throughout. And I mean, even till you know, 10 years ago, it's basically, yeah, you got your upper, you know, lower control arms, your coil spring shock. Right. It's basically, you can easily lower it. You can bag it without having to replace the whole front, you know, cross member. Right. Whereas, yeah, the torsion bar setup, I mean, like, what can you really do?
1: I mean, torsion bars, they they, they have a good purpose for a work truck.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they you know, can they, hold a load, you know, lot hold weight really well. Right. Yeah. They hold a lot
1: of weight very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they are adjustable. So yeah, sure, you can yeah, use your can adjustable ride. You can turn them down. But the problem with that is that you end up with a horrible ride. Mm. So going with the coil over or going with the coil spring front end, you had the good ride, you had the the right suspension stance, and they were interchangeable. So yeah. you're gonna get a better ride out of that. But th- these trucks, again, too, going back to the sixty-four, sixty-fives, you know, those are the ones that have the cleaner, uh, more of like the triangle doors. A lot of people refer to them oh, as. Yeah. Um, they you lose the knee knockers, so the cab itself seems a little bit larger.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah, it, it's a little more comfortable. It's a little more comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking you're in a farm truck. You're it, thinking you're in something and, that's a little more, yeah.
1: And then also it? for dri- for driving, you're not in that fishbowl. You don't have that wraparound windshield that kind of gives you a weird distortion when you're kind of looking at it. So it was better to have that flat windshield, mm-hmm. and that's why it makes those trucks just seem more. Because the other thing, too, look at us. We're, we're jumping into regular, you know, current model trucks, and they don't have wraparound windshields.
0: No. I mean, I don't think anything's really had a wraparound <laughs> windshield for no. know, who knows how long. Right, but. right. So,
1: but you know, these things they, they still had kind of the bubblegum look to them too. Is a lot of the color schemes they were, you know, your pastels. They weren't a lot of loud colors. Um, they had two-tone trim. You could upgrade and actually put a trim on it. Uh, some of those also too, you could do two uh, two-tone paint. Um, so these still screamed fifties. These were still kind of the we're going to hang on to the decade a little bit longer than we really thought that we were going to.
0: Yeah, well, and that kind of makes sense a little bit, too, is that you, this is the last one that Harley Earl designed. It's, all right, stretch it out. I mean, usually at, at that time, I mean, now I think with trucks, every two to three years, you're getting a new grill or a new right. thing, which they were doing. Sure. You know, they were. They had the cat eye. They had, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's GMC stuff we we're talking yeah. about. But it seemed back then where they would try to stretch five or six years out of a model.
1: But they would always change Maybe a trim or yeah. or a logo or or a badge here and yeah. there. Just well, so you could tell like the difference of years. Yeah.
0: That's just, hey, it's it's new. Right. You got you gotta convince people, you yeah. know, maybe to keep buying you stuff. You don't want to buy last year's truck. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um I mean engine wise, I think the saying, you know, we had obviously the straight six a lot of these had. Yes. Um but what else what did they have? Like 327s? Most of them were 283s.
1: 283. Um, yeah. 283 was kind of the, the go-to engine for a long time here. Um, 327s, you know, you didn't start seeing 327s even in passenger cars until 65. So, True. you yeah. know, you're, you're sort of still looking at that was kind of the same powertrain of the day. Um, you know, obviously the 350 truck engine wasn't until years later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your power plant of the day was, you know, the top of the line was a 327, maybe a power glide transmission. So you're looking at a two-speed automatic. But, you know, here's the funny thing, too. We all think of cars right now that you would buy with a lot of options. Not these trucks. These trucks were lower options, get the job done, yeah. no power windows, no creature comforts. This was a tractor
0: with doors. Yeah, I think, you know I'm saying, like, 64 was the custom cab. They had yes. AC inside. Like, it was kind of... The first one they started to make them a right. little bit nicer, make right. them a little bit more optioned out, you know. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads in, obviously, to the next generation of C10 trucks. But we're just going to stick with the sixty sixty six for now. So um, did, in the 80s and 90s, did you see a lot of these getting built?
1: No, no. These, these were still the, the, the truck that was pulling your car. You know, this was... Like the hot rod. Yeah. Exactly. Was, yeah. Right? You know, you, you didn't build these things up. You just said, hey, that's an old truck, and I'm going to use it for an old truck. I mean, I worked for a guy back then that he would always refer to them as the oil trucks. You know, the the oil field trucks. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, so that you all know the utility Just trucks. a utility yeah. truck. Um, and and rightfully so. They, they just... At that time, they were already 20, 30 years old. No one was really fixing them up. So they looked like old beat-up trucks. They looked like an old farm truck. Yeah. You know? They,
0: yeah, no, yeah, people
1: weren't restoring them. No. So
0: it was just starting to age itself and, yeah.
1: But that also, too, they made a lot of them. Yeah. So the nice thing about that was they are plentiful. So that's where I think people more or less kind of in the 90s started looking at these trucks as, hey, this is an alternative. You know, I, I I can't afford the sixty seven to seventy two or even a square body because you know square bodies in the nineties were Th- still those are new, they're still new. I mean, yeah, they were right.
0: Five years old maybe. Right. And Yeah. I mean, obviously the CKs were getting very popular, but like, okay, so if you couldn't afford a brand new CK, you right. were probably going for a square body or something like that. Well, but the old trucks, it's okay now. Those those got to wait wait out their twenty to thirty year cycle before they get popular. Exactly.
1: Again. Right. Yeah. The only bummer was is that most of them were long beds. Yeah. So, that was the other reason why people kind of just didn't really look at them as much. I will
0: say of any truck, those of the long beds look right yeah. as a long bed. Yes, I agree. I like, agree. The short beds look cool, but to me, like, it looks right as a long bed. Maybe it's yeah. the proportions or just or just what we're used to seeing because there were so many long beds. I, I,
1: I go back to proportions. Yeah. Because I really think at that time, and, if, and even if you look at wheelbases... Um, if you look at the wheelbase of those trucks, they were very short wheelbase. So the bed itself looks very short. They don't really look proportion. So it didn't look
0: like a long, long bed. Yeah.
1: Well, the long beds look proportionate. They looked well. The oh, short beds I mean, yeah, looked yeah, yeah, too, yeah. they looked too short. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for the most cases, they kind of were, you know, there, there wasn't really much you could do with those trucks. And a lot of them were step sides.
0: True fleet yeah, sides for the, short, for the short bed ones for yeah, the
1: short bed you know the the CK the sixty six, a lot of them they were yeah. they were well, step sides. What's
0: you look at the Ford you know the AD design trucks and then the fifty five to you know fifty eight yeah fifty nine trucks those were like ninety percent you know probably oh, right. sh- step sides yeah like that's what the style was because you were reaching into the bed you were stepping up because yes. it was the work truck exactly. So obviously having more of the fleet sides was kind of the sign of the getting away from the work truck kind of mentality a little bit.
1: I think that came from builders, too. Because, you know, if you think about it, a truck was a farm piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. The 40s 50s you know. Yeah.
0: Looking back... It was back, viewed as that way. It was so, viewed as equipment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So if you look at, like, a guy that was he'd throw a bale of hay, hay in the back of yeah. a truck, right? Whereas, you know, in the 60s, you've got more people that are building homes or, or maybe more construction workers where they needed a wider bed. So that's when the fleet sides really started to oh, make yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, you're going to load in a sheet of plywood. You're mm-hmm. going to put in, you know, a stack of lumber, that kind of thing. So I, I understand Kinda that. went from farm truck to suburban truck. Exactly, the, yeah. right. And that was the transition. So, you know, yeah, a step side just didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. It was just too, too narrow.
0: So this truck was kind of maybe just lowered, some 15s, you know, cleaned up, you know, maybe houndstooth interior, like it was just your old guy hot rod truck.
1: Well, I look at it this way, because what I remember, again, too, growing up in the 80s, I remember guys, you know, I would go to Ascot Raceway, Mm -hmm. and usually that was a push car to get the the race car started, okay? okay? So most of the time, you would see a lot of just these trucks that were put together kind of like haphazardly from spare parts from the race car. So, you might have some rally wheels that came off of another project mm-hmm. on your truck, or you might have, you know, a, a 350 that came out of another car that's got, you know, oh, here's a leftover set of headers, that kind of thing. So, yeah. they just kind of piecemealed them all together to kind of make them their own.
0: Well, and I remember kind of actually, uh, you mentioned that of seeing a lot of these trucks to me, like screamed shop truck. Like, yes. These ones really had, because yeah. you got to look too, the 60s was kind of the heyday of the hot rod speed shop yes. era. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously all that started kind of the forties and the fifties, but like those were, that was kind of still ragtag, you know, outlaw kind of stuff. Whereas they really kind of came into their own yeah. starting in the sixties. So you'd see these with a shop logo or an Edelbrock, you know, on the door or something like that. Like that was kind of, to me, like that really kind of set the tone for the the style of these for for a while.
1: That, that's absolutely the truth. That was kind of just, I don't want to call them forgotten about, but it was still kind of a tool.
0: It just went, yeah, from farm to suburban house to shop. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, okay, it's still just used yeah. as a truck for that purpose. Maybe we'll do a couple things here and there because, of course, Hot Rod, I can't leave anything alone. Right. But, yeah, it's still kind of that. You know, like if, if I'm going to go for that style, I go kind of all the way. So, that's like the 63 is kind of what I've seen as you know on these is a little more. It's got the cleaner front end yeah. and it's got the wraparound. I, I agree. 63s are my favorite aesthetically. Because
1: they, like you mentioned, I think that's how Harley Earl actually probably drew it out. You know, he want, he liked the wraparound window. He liked the, the other features that still looked 50s. But, you know, people complained about, the earlier trucks, they complained about not being able to see the curb. So that's the reason why you have the wide flat hoods is that you're able to see the curb now. But I still think that the way it was drawn, the way that he designed it, he wanted that atomic in motion look. Yeah. And I think the 64s, they get more into the creature comforts and they take away from the design. That's why you have your flat windshields, why you have your flat hoods. That's why you have the larger door openings because people complain about it. You yeah. know, they, they, no, if you're six foot tall, you're going to knock your knee into the side of no, the that's door. What they called
0: them knee knockers. That's why they so called them knee I mean, knockers, obviously, right. And that was kind of the last yeah. thing. Started getting rid of that. Yeah. Um. So, but that's, I think kind of going, like, like I said, style wise, it still kind of had that older yeah, kind of classic look, which is now cool, but. For a while there, like in the early 2000s, it wasn't really considered cool.
1: It was the forgot-about truck because, you know, you had the guys that really liked the 55 to 59 design. They liked that older 50s look. And then you had the guys that are like, well, the 67 67 to 72s looked so much more advanced.
0: Yeah, so clean. I mean, Yeah, it was, you know, a clean look, clean lines, really nice, you know, curves to it versus, I mean, yeah, there was some curves on the 60 to 60, you know, six trucks, but they were kind of very angular a yeah. little bit with some rounded edges and stuff here and there. Right. But um, I, I remember, you know, obviously standing out in, in the early kind of 2000s was Jeremy Cook's uh, oh, truck, old I, school, Project I, Old School. I actually helped him build that. So, yeah. sure, let's, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know, and obviously it's, you know, going into a kind of 50s rockabilly style, which right. – early 2000s that was very popular the fifth like we said the trends kind of always cycle in a in a 30 20 to 30 year and then like a 50 year right. kind of pattern so the 50s rockabilly wop, you know the, the diners those are very popular i mean obviously we look at what chevy was and ford was doing at the time they were doing the, the hhr the ssr Exactly. they were trying to capitalize on the baby boomers you know kind of what they grew up with nostalgia sells it always sells it's still selling today (laughs) with now like 90s cars and 90s trucks so um but yeah no he did all you know flat black and that's the thing too i think these were like the forgotten trucks so they were cheap well and again too jeremy cook's a good friend of both of ours Mm -hmm.
1: and back then when jeremy bought that truck i remember when he bought it because i helped him go get it oh yeah and it was a long bed of course, because uh, most of them most were long beds, right? Yeah. So he picked up a long bed, and, and the whole idea was to shorten it down. And also, too, at the time, the rat rod was starting to kind of poke its head out. Yeah, that's right? what I said.
0: It, it, it was very reminiscent mm-hmm. of the, the rat rod, but not in the you know crappy weld no. rat rod, sent, right. rod sets, but kind of the traditional hot rod, low buck you know kind of style. So
1: Jer- Jeremy was after that kind of, let's call it Santa Ana dragway. Or, you know, your, your early NHRA look where, again, those trucks were a, a, a tool, you know, that was something that got the race car to the track. So, yeah, they might be primered. They might have been, you know, suede black. Uh, whatever wheel fit on it, they kind of put on. So that's why the, the solid wheels look that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't like a, a an aluminum wheel or a magnesium wheel. It was a steel wheel because that's what those cars – pretty much looked like or that's what those and, trucks look like
0: and it was kind of like working with what you had so right. you know you got to steel wheel on it. well hey maybe powder coat it or something yeah. or, or paint it you know
1: and, and jeremy had every everything that available to him to make that truck whatever he wanted because at yep. the time that when he built that truck brand new trucks were the hot thing
0: yeah you and know? he was at trucking magazine right at the time at or that was time he, yeah was it yeah and then later classic trucks magazine right so so yeah. he started
1: it as project old school in trucking magazine and carried it into classic trucks, and I think finally featured it. Well, it was featured in a couple different magazines. It was actually on the cover of Sport Truck Magazine with our friend Tom McWeeney's S10. That's
0: right, yeah, because that was kind of the old school, mm-hmm. you know. His was more 60s custom S10. This was like the 50s, 60s kind of hot rod. Yeah, it all kind of fit into that, right. that style.
1: Right. So then, and then also too, he continued in, in classic trucks doing some other features and, and other things to those trucks to show people what to do to them. And also to show yeah. that you could build a truck on a budget because back then, like I said. And that's what it was. It was yeah. very difficult to build a truck back then because everything was, it had to be a new truck. Air ride was in full full swing, big billet wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, you were looking Crazy at paid a- job. Yeah. And so you were looking at maybe a sixty to $80,000 investment where On Jeremy, a $30,000 truck a 30, 000, that was yeah, new. Yeah. 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 Where Jeremy's like, if I have thirty thousand dollars in this whole entire thing, it, it rides on air. I mean, this thing's gonna be a magic carpet. So the greatest thing about old school, what I love about it is is that it has the original
0: 327 in it. Oh wow. It's Still a, it's twenty it, something years later that I oh, mean, I know obviously he got oh, it twenty years ago.
1: But no. The original from sixty no, five. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like he's had it for twenty <laughs> right. years and it's and he's you know, kept it, up. and what's
1: funny, it's a very good specimen because even Vic Edelbrock, when he was still alive, we were at one of his car shows, and you know, he happened to walk by it and he was like, Well, you know, take a look at this. And so, Jeremy and I was, were talking to him, and he looked at the engine and he goes, Wait a second, did you guys put that carburetor and that manifold on it? And we said, No, it came with the car. He goes, Well, how long have you owned the car? And you know, Jeremy said, oh, I bought it around 1999. He goes, We haven't made that intake manifold and we haven't made that carburetor mm-hmm. since the 60s, and oh, I haven't wow. seen anything on a car like that since the 60s. Yeah, and still running. It's and probably on running. a shelf
0: somewhere, maybe. Right, but not right. No, Jeremy still to vehicle. this day.
1: I mean, even, he's had that car for more than 20 years now, and it still has that factory 327, with the Edelbrock carb, and that Edelbrock
0: intake manifold. That's probably the guy put it on, obviously, I, when it was new, probably, right? in the 60s. So probably it was a hot yeah. rod guy that owned that truck. Right. You know, and and, and that's kind of the, the style. I remember when I started at Street Trucks Magazine. You know, this was 2008, so it was obviously a little later in the 2000s, but our tagline was big wheels, body drops or airbags, something like that, wild paint. Like basically like, hey, here's the criteria. Right. You have to do X, Y, and Z to be featured or on the cover. So basically you weren't cool unless you had all of this stuff done to it. You know, talking, shaving the door handles, shaving all of the emblems, you know. uh, I mean, obviously the newer trucks didn't have like drip rails and stuff, but like if you had any chrome or any, Anything that stuck out, and this goes back to kind of the Boyd era of doing right. things, of, of smoothing everything out, cleaning up all the lines. But basically, yeah, you had to have everything removed. Right. And maybe you were doing some wild paint on it, but you just had to go all out. And I remember at the time, too, that you would see some of these, you know, 60s trucks being built by the same guys that were doing the body drop Silverados, the brand new trucks, you know, the mini truck guys, basically. Yeah. But the only reason they were doing them is because they could do all of the things, but starting out with like a five hundred thousand dollar truck, right? So you know, there's and and speaking to Jeremy again, I remember you know having dinner with Jeremy the night he was coming back from shooting Chris Kudo's truck out in the desert. Well, there you go. When it was all it was when it was all painted and stuff like that, right? Um, But yeah, Chris Kudo's truck is definitely one of the first kind of like iconic. 60 to 66 that kind of broke the mold of the old guy truck
1: let me tell you uh, that truck was a game changer and, yeah. and and before we get more into chris too i i have to also kind of wind this back because jeremy was actually working with bob grant and chris at the time and and, and kind of designing things because yeah. jeremy actually in project old school you know he was one of the first guys to use a solid wheel And the funny thing about that is, is that when, when I, I remember the story, we went up to Fresno to a company called Wheel Mm Vintiques, and we were doing a, a a tech story about their facility and what they did. And, and part of that was they were going to put a set of wheels on Jeremy's truck. So we were up there for probably about a week or so up in the Fresno area and they were putting together the wheels. Well, the funny thing about it is we had to leave and the wheels weren't finished because the idea was they were going to slot them to make it look more like a truck rally
0: hmm okay so yeah it's kind of like the old hot rod style old yeah. hot rod
1: style right mm-hmm. so we ran out of time and the guy said well i cut your wheels but they're still blank so we just said roll with it and <laughs> drove home with with a set of blank That's, wheels yeah you
0: had to do what you had to do right
1: now, no no caps.
0: you know I'll, I'll, yeah. we'll talk about yeah, that yeah, in another those episode go, those get, right those get later on right yeah.
1: but they were just a blank solid wheel that was a larger wheel that the guy said well i can powder coat them for you if you want it to look like anything So they powder coated it red and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, your, your, your black suede paint job, red wheels, Mm -hmm. 1999, 2000. This is when we're starting.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that's, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like, oh, do we call them Delma wheels or do we call them cook wheels? Right, you know? right. Or I mean, wheel vintiques? antiques. Well, that's, <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, and wheel Vintiques made sense for that truck because that, that, that was our hot rod right. wheel company.
1: Now, the nice thing about that, so all that's going down and Jeremy too doing some other, like he's working for classic trucks at that time. And when he's working for classic trucks, obviously he's exposed to all of the, the street
0: rod guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. he's part of that group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and back then dry lake. Uh, cars were getting kind of popular. You're again, goes back to kind of the rat rod thing. So he was influenced by those guys as well, but all of those influences, he's now bringing that to Chris Kudo and to Bob Grant when they're starting to, again, work on a truck that really nobody cared about. Mm -hmm. And if obviously the metal magic that Bob Grant, you know, it's one of those things, Hey, I wouldn't it be great to pancake the hood? Okay, yep. wouldn't it be great to section the body? <laughs> okay, yep. wouldn't it be great, to, you know, and, and that's where that truck just, if you start looking at that truck, it was a piece of art in bare metal.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And then got the, the I, I think I always call it the 50s treatment, because obviously it started to be, you know, the the yellow and the and the
0: the white. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and that's kind of what it was, which honestly, too, makes sense being that Harley Earl design truck. Exactly. Like basically, hey, this is like a throwback to the fifties, sixties, you know, kind of custom. Yeah, you got the chop top, fully sectioned, you know, the the, the back end of that was, was the work of art. It was yes. And I remember seeing that in the yeah, bare metal at the Forbidden oh, Show. And right. you know it, it I can't remember exactly, but it had like the Cadillac taillights, Yeah, not like the 80s and 90s ones. No, 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 no. We're talking 50s. 59. 59. But, the yeah. way
1: that the, but the way that they looked at that line and they thought of what, like what Harley would have done mm-hmm. is that, okay, he, of course, designed the 59 Cadillac taillight. So where would he have put that on that truck? Well, there's a style line that matches yeah. that taillight. Yeah, and
0: it's like perfect height, uh, just, you know, throw it right yeah, in there.
1: Right. I mean, it just yeah. that, that's why that truck seemed effortless. To me, like when you looked at it from it the all eye, made sense. it just made, yeah, exactly. It made sense. You know, uh, and obviously he finished it off in, in, in a black paint job, which to me I think was to show people how, the quality of work that went into the Well,
0: the reason it ended up turning black, which I do like it more, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think for the, the era, the mid 2000s, the yellow white, yeah. you know, standing out and the kind of the, the airbrush trim, yeah. it fit kind of the style, but the black really shows off the work. The reason that happened is because I can't remember what show, but it, he was coming home from and I like, I think a drunk driver hit him. Yes. Yes. So completely damaged the, the back, you know, the, the truck. So obviously all that metal work had to be redone took right. a couple of years. And then now also that's a testament to, you know, Bob and to the body guy that right. painted it because all of that custom metal work to then turn it black.
1: Yeah. And I you're a
0: painter, you know, how difficult that is. And
1: to me, that was like, I mentioned, I thought that it showed the truck off better. Yeah. It really showed the it level showed the work off. It yeah. did. It did. It showed the level that they took that
0: truck yeah. to. Because when it's yeah, yellow and white, it kinda you're getting distracted. Your it eyes is. getting distracted yeah. a little it, bit. It was
1: just it was too busy and you know. But I also think, you know, reflecting back, it was a homage to the original design. And then they made it their own. Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know. And that I mean, that was you'd seen a couple of of, of those trucks start to pop up, but I Side from Chris's Well, I don't really see sec. a whole lot Hold on a going sec.
1: on until we there was a guy in Arizona that caught the trend,
0: and he likes cats. El Gato, El Dino. Right? Yep. No, and that's that's kind of what I was leaning into is like he – and if you know Dino, obviously kind of everybody knows his show, but one of the nicest guys, and he's a little bit of that 50s rockabilly guy. Right. Kind of evolved, you know, but – Think of it at you. Were, we were talking about the shop truck. we were talking about you know the, the Jeremy's you know flat black suede black. Well, Dino's and he still has this. He yeah, still has his panel. Yeah, you know, and it's got his Dino's appliance. That's right on the side. It's had it on the side of the panel for, for, for long as long, I long as I know yeah, yeah, as long as I can remember. Right, and all flat black. You know, obviously he's done some a lot of stuff to it since then, but yeah, it was. Hey, I got an old. I need an old shop truck that I can. Fit a laundry, yeah, you know, right. laundry machine in, yeah. Obviously, he's gonna go for a panel, right? You know, and and lay it out, customize it, and I believe this also was the very first Porter built drop member is on that. Not the first article that was right. on a square body. Yes, he still has that. That stood out. I remember even seeing, you know, photos of it even before I had met him or anything like that when. You know, uh, Kevin Whips went out and covered the first Dino's right. get down. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the day before. Good guy Scottsdale. Hey, Dino's like, hey, come out, come hang out at my house in right. my garage. Barbecue. You know, how, let's have a barbecue. You know, so you had maybe 10, 20 trucks, probably. If that? Yeah. 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 And, you know, I think we ran like two pages of it. Right. It was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then I remember going the next year. Yeah. You know, and uh, that was when it was at his shop. Um, well, shoot, the
1: first, I think, two years, because I, I I didn't go the first year. Yeah. And then I remember Travis took me the second year, and we barbecued at his house. Okay,
0: so I was still at his house. And yeah. then I think that it was maybe the third year. Third year I went, I, I know he, for sure. Yeah. I, the first year that I went was at his shop. Right. And I remember pulling up, parking in front of his shop. Yeah. Hanging out. Right. Having a good time. Yeah. I think we had meatball subs, probably, right. or, or pizza, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I went, you know, every year since pretty much... And the next year, I, there was, I had to park at the furniture store. Yes. Then the year after that, I had to park across the street in the dirt lot. Uh-huh. Then that got full of trucks, so then I had to park up the street. Right. And then I think, like, one year we went, and we had to park, like, around a couple blocks up. Right. You know, to get to that. And then the police had stuff blocked off. Like, it, it just turned yeah. into... Well, the it, neighborhood... It was getting
1: too big. Yeah, the neighborhood just... I, I mean, I I feel for those people. It's in a yeah, residential area. It's in a total residential yeah. neighborhood. I mean, we were blocking the streets where... I remember when, like, the whole street was cars parked both sides of the street and and down the middle. Yeah. And that was when, okay, you need to find a spot now, yeah. you know, but I give Dino a lot of credit for these trucks because not only does he owned that panel for eons, but he's, he's gone through several, a, several of well, those. Well,
0: that's the nickname. And I think I even wrote this in an article. He's Mr. 60 to 66. Yeah, And I would, because yeah. I mean, now these you're seeing, you know, we just saw a, you know, mid six figure one owned right. by a baseball player out at the you know, SEMA show. But, Like there wasn't a ton of people building these trucks 15 years ago, right? you know, or 10 years ago. And Dino was kind of that guy. And so he's had, you know, he's had his pro street, you know, truck and, you know, he's, he had the, the single cab dually, right. He had a crew cab dually that was originally like a Ranger conversion, you know, of these trucks. Um, And then of course, you know, to me, one of his most iconic that, really just kind of encapsulated his style and took it like up was the blue one. Exactly. You know, that, the blue and that. white yeah. one yeah. bagged, yeah. you know, had like the steely wheels, white walls, like just super clean look, you it, know. It, and, it, and what
1: I like about that truck, I think that is the first culmination of the style that we know now. That, yeah. you know, that, that kind of like all of the little pieces put together because, you know, Dino, he was the trailblazer in those trucks because, again, Absolutely. it goes back that nobody really. I mean, yeah, they made spindles. They made springs. Obviously, your Western chassis, your Belltex, mm-hmm. you know, those people, they made parts for them, but they weren't popular where Dino said, hey, I'm I, I, here's what we're going to have to do. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to make parts. And Dino's not the greatest fabricator guy in the world. He's not known for that kind of thing. I mean, again, he's an appliance repairman by trade. <laughs> so the nice thing is for him to, to, to link up with Nathan Porter and for them to say, hey, look, I've got a reason. I've got the means. Let's make something happen. Um, necessity is the mother of all inventions.
0: Well, and that's Here what it was go. for pretty much all the C10s. And Obviously, we're t- focusing on the 60 to 66, 63 to 66, yeah, you had the nicer suspension, but you had a three inch block of steel hanging below a frame. Right. Right. So that front cross member is really I think that's probably maybe what limited some of the people doing air suspension yes. in the early years, is that yeah, you could bag it, mm-hmm. you were still gonna be that far from laying frame. Right. Right. And you know, or with these the, the pinch, basically the pinch was at the level of the frame. Yeah. So you needed to you know, they were zine yes front yes. to get it to completely lay out. Yes. So when, you know, Porterbilt came out with the drop member that's tucked it all up, basically it was a bolt-in replacement for the suspension, you know, in the right. front. And then obviously the, later in the rear, like, okay, now it was easy to completely and, lay these trucks out.
1: And, 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 and you're exactly right because I remember when those trucks... When guys would either z the frame, and I'm talking older guys, guys that yeah. were now in their 70s or well, 80s, you would
0: z a hot rod, and get the body that's, lower and get the yeah.
1: That's exactly where it came from. Yep. So then it got to a point. My generation started sectioning the crossmember. Mm-hmm. which oh, okay. was a so
0: section. You bring it up a little bit. Well, yeah. you basically
1: you, those cross members unbolt. So you unbolt mm-hmm. them and you actually would, you would take the two inches out of it and just re-weld the two pieces back yeah. together and, and then reinstall So you're it. keeping
0: all the suspension yeah. the same. You're just basically, you're just yeah.
1: limiting the amount of that big thick cross member yeah. that you talk about. That was, that was the anchor. We mm-hmm. used to always call it the anchor because that was the first thing that would always hit the ground. Yeah. So, you know, here comes Dino that says, hey, I want my truck to lay out and not sit on the the anchor. And, you know, he links up with Nathan Porter there and Mm -hmm. they start again too. they knew the idea. They had to section a cross member. So why not just build a new cross member? Yeah. Uh, Technology had caught up to the time where all of a sudden, hey, now instead of the swing set steering with a pitman arm and an idler arm, a steering box. Hey, let's put a rack in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, those guys were, I want to say, just had the foresight to see that and also to work with what they had. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, and what's crazy is that is looking at the timeline that was drop number. Number one was 2006. Wow. So we're almost 20 years wow. from that. And it was, yeah. You know, project old school was only a few years before that. Chris Kudos was the year before that, which obviously a hundred percent custom suspension. On right. that. Oh yeah. You know, you're not bolting something on, but yeah, so now basically you can start bolting onto these sixty sixty six and the C tens, because they all have the same suspension, more or less. Right. So basically that kind of helped usher in the era of, you know, these, you know, the, the 60 to 66 and, and C tens in general becoming very popular. Um I mean, we're talking Dino. We also got to talk Dell. So going back to what we we're talking about with you had to have a brand new truck, you know, I mean, even GM, was they were going out of business, right, <laughs> you know, right, they had yeah, to get bailed right, out. Yeah. So no one was buying a brand new truck, right. you know, and it, it kind of always comes back to what I was talking about, you know, with like the, the fashion world or design world, the trends usually start with someone that is very creative, but doesn't have a huge, you know, budget, but they can work with what they've got and right. make it cool. Yes. You know, and, you know, you look at, you know, reclaimed wood that it was, you know, the huge popular trend in homes and and design and stuff is like, well, yeah, that was because, you know, a few people basically couldn't afford all brand new stuff. So, all right, well, let's just use what we got. Go to the barn and find some wood and throw it on there. I love it. You know, and uh, I remember, you know, this is the 6772 forum, you know, Chevy truck forum, but basically all C10s, you know, for that was, was starting to get really popular. Yes. And what was cool with that, and this is before social media, this is before Instagram is, you know, either you were looking at magazines, which were kind of funny. It was always, we were trying to set the trends, but we were always five to six months kind of behind the trend. Cause you gotta look at when something was photographed and then it went into print by the time it got out in the magazine and everyone else could see it. It was not old news, but it was kind of behind a little bit.
1: Well yeah, and that's
0: I, I think that the
1: the forums actually helped people build trucks. Yeah. Where where our jobs as magazine editors were more of like reporting about trends and showing off what yeah. people had created. Showing we're, the finished, you know, exactly vehicle off. Where yeah. the actual boards, as you know, we yeah. used to kind Forum. of call them. Yeah, forums, yeah, boards, boards, whatever, boards, forums. Right. right. Yeah. That was hey, I don't know how to do this. How can someone else tell me how to do this?
0: Well, and, and two, you know, it, it also, a lot of people are doing build threads. Yeah. So you could follow, maybe it took two years for somebody to finish a truck. Right. But you could follow along every step of the way. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if if someone was building a truck two years from now when it was done, then it got in the magazine. Yeah. You weren't seeing the progress, you know, start to finish. So that, that would help kind of spiral other people into building or taking cues from it because they could see it as it progressed.
1: Well, and it was real world, you know, cause magazines paint a pretty picture. Cause remember a magazine's trying to sell a product. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, influence an advertiser to feel that they've spent their money in a well, yeah. in a good plot or spot here. Um, boards or, you know, message boards were, Hey, this didn't fit. Now what? And then you'd have a guy chime in. Oh, you know, here's a tip. Here's, you know, the way to get this thing put on your vehicle yeah. or you don't want to do that. Here's this. Now, again, there's a double edged sword on that, too, because some people were very helpful and would offer great advice and offer you maybe even a way of doing it right. The first time other people are a little cynical and were like, well, why are you doing that? That's stupid, you know, and that, you've got no style. Yeah. And it kind of was the first introduction to social media.
0: No, and that's, yeah, you look at it and it basically was that era's social media. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and and, and the nice thing is that information is still available. I mean, if you mm-hmm. really want to go back and read build threads from 2000, no, and that's, you know, what's,
0: what's kind of funny is is, is go, kind of looking at some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember like when Dell sent an email saying, hey, you know, I got these two trucks. Yeah. One was a, a black, you know, Blackbird was a black 60 to 66, probably 65, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you had like kind of a tan, you know, one, and, uh, he ended up selling that to Sam Castronova right before I could go shoot it. So I went and shot Blackbird, you know, and I remember, you know, that was like 2010, 2000, you know, 11. Yeah. But if you go on the six, seven to 72 truck forums, he started building that like 2009. Right. Right. You know, so that's what you got to remember too, is like some of these being able to go and look back on some of these forums, you could see where the trends actually started. Right. And kind of like, oh, maybe it wasn't this year when it first got popular. It was two years ago, exactly. Or two years prior, yeah. Um, and he started building that a little bit. I think he did a lot of the work in his carport at his house in Burbank. Yes. And then obviously he was at the time working at Hollywood Hot Rods, and then he was doing stuff at Old Crow Speed Shop with Bobby Green. Right. Um, they were both next door to each other in Burbank, and so his, you know, his kind of styling was a little bit from the traditional hot rod. Era, so it's kind of like the throwback to the the 50s and 60s. Oh yeah, you know that we were talking about at the beginning. Um, but what's kind of funny is he built one of these trucks in Canada years ago, right? And it was total 100% mullet street machine, yes. You know, style <laughs> chopped yes. top, yeah, orange and purple. I right. think probably had some big old tires on it. Yeah, like that was you know for your Midwest, you know, Canadian. Guy, like in the 90s or whatever it was, like that was the style out of it. That was the street machine, pro street kind of style.
1: You know, I remember you introduced me to Dell, mm-hmm. and we went up to, you know, a uh, Speed Shop. And for me, I, I grew up in old shops like that, working yeah. for older guys. So to me, it was n- nothing. It was kind of your normal Southern California shop, mm-hmm. Kwanzaa Hut looking.
0: Yeah, it was all 20s, you know, building. 20s, yeah. you
1: know, building. Uh, definitely was such a nice, working space because no one was going to come over. It, this was a little slice of paradise. And I think even too, if you, if Dell was here right now, he'd probably say the same thing. No one was really showing up. No one was like, well, now was know.
0: kind of when he was not, I mean, he, him and Dino are recognized kind of everywhere now. Right. If, if you're at a truck show yeah, and that was kind of, obviously he was still kind of under the radar. Like that, those trucks were just his personal shop right. trucks. Yeah. He wasn't building for a customer. He was doing, you know, hot rods yeah. for Bobby. Right. You know, and, and, and then like he had like a, a chopper and I remember like, yeah. Hey, you know, what about shooting this, you know, bare metal, you know, 70 style chopper. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, but, uh, Tim Sutton shoots for street chopper. So sure, I'll give yeah. you his number. And then right. of course, you know, Tim has shot tons of his trucks yeah. as well.
1: But I think that Bobby really was a big influence on Dell because like you said, yeah. if you look at Dell from Canada, he was like you mentioned, you're kind of run the mill builder doing the same thing that all those guys do up there. You know
0: his, but well, he did some lowrider stuff. He did, he did an some Apollo. Yeah. he did Billy Gibbons, yeah. Bob. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, but, yeah. he was but again, too. It up. Yeah, he was mixing it up, and it was just kind of like you know your environment. That was mm-hmm. it. If you're around people that are building big tire stuff, you're going to build a big tire car. Yeah. You know, um, come down to California here, and now you're living in Burbank, and you know you're, you're you're hanging out with the cool kids, the Bobby Greens, and you know the Troy Lads, and it's going to rub off on you. Yeah. You know, so his style, I think, morphed because his eyes were opened up to the Southern California culture. Mm-hmm. as well you know he looked around like wow hey I- i'm still able to get these parts uh, you know th- this is still sitting on the side of somebody's house and at that Whoa. time it was sitting on the side of someone's house and c- could you please get rid of this
0: yeah yeah he could probably get it for 500 bucks right right. you know and like yeah talking about some of the old parts is i mean we both know you know bobby green's huge collection of just everything that's cool from 100 years <laughs> yeah. ago yeah and throughout like i mean Interesting engines, you know, oh. hot rods. I mean, movies, you know, memorabilia. Well, he's got so,
1: the he's got the Yeti from from
0: Disneyland's Matterhorn yeah. ride. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like yeah. So some of those old school parts were kind of available, um, but and I remember you know talking with him and, and saying like, okay, he probably had fifteen grand into that truck, right? And it was cool, yeah. It was it was you know, yeah. And right. that's kind of what you know flipped the trend on the you know, laid out full shave, full paint job graphics to the older trucks that had the door handles, right. That had all of the factory trim on it, that had the wood bed, you know, basically focus your money on what made it cool. Right. And made it drivable. So obviously you got 40 year old suspension. So if you can do all new suspension, air ride, new brakes, you know, new, you know, wheels, and then, you know, that would, A, look make it look cool, right. make it drive really well, maybe yeah. fix up the motor. I mean, I know, you know, before we got into the Dell S3s and the LS yeah. swaps, it was still just, you know, the, the factory blocks. motor, small yeah. block, just cleaned up, you know, you know, fixed up so he could just cruise it.
1: But, and that's also, too, I think the genius of Dell is that he's, he works with what he has. Yeah. You know, like he, so the truck shows up and has trim on it. Leave the trim on it. Yeah. Right. The truck has a 327 in it and runs pretty good roll with it Mm -hmm. but he still would set the trucks up and this comes back to stance because i mean anything you can pretty much well i'm not going to say a prius (laughs) but you can pretty much make anything look cool with the right stance
0: Uh, i mean yeah stance kind of sets everything right and
1: and i think dell took on to that and looked at what you know guys like what dino and, and and nathan were doing over there in arizona but also looking at like what troy's doing with the 32 you know setting the stance, getting the right shape to it, making everything look like that's what I want it to look like. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the greatest thing was he was doing it for himself. He was doing it as a shop truck. Yeah. So they weren't they finished. Could do it
0: kind of whatever he wanted. Yeah. well, And, and that was you the didn't thing need too. to paint
1: him because it was a shop truck. Why would I paint yeah. a shop truck? Because I'm going to throw something in the back of it and scratch it? Hell no. I'm going to leave the patina. And, and, and again, too, patina was just a word that artists used back then.
0: Yeah. Right? That was kind of, yeah, the aged look. Yeah. Yeah. Patina was kind of like, yeah, that was... Like rat rods were had rust and had the patina like that was more rust. Right. So like the patina stuff kind of had a little bit of a bad you know name kind yeah. of at that time because it was like oh it's just rusty yeah you know but then like okay you find something that has some super nice patina and you could either preserve it or, or just kind of let it do its thing right and it kind of it had some character it had some oh, history. it has a story I mean I remember like Courtney I mean this, he didn't have any of these trucks but Courtney Howell with his forty two he was saying you know, it was all kind of had some patina and some flat stuff. He's all, it's got a lot of good dirt on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's got a lot of good history on it. Right. You know, um, I do remember on uh, Blackbird Dell, uh, you know, he was, like I said, he wasn't trying to paint it, wasn't no. keeping it a shop truck, you know, was going to, didn't want to worry about scratching it or, you know, wherever he parked it. So left all the dings, the dents, the, you know, the, you know, mismatch stuff, but he did paint, uh, uh, some of the parts of it, like uh, I think on the f- one of the fenders and on part of the bedside where either someone had primered it or it had some damage. he yeah. so just kind of just blended in some some flat black just mm-hmm. to keep with the patina look, but you know, just make it all look presentable
1: I mean that's yeah, uh, the way I look at it is he was preserving the story of the truck, yeah. You know, like the, the memories were there, you know, the guy that owned that truck, he, you know, had it for X amount of years. And then now it's been given over or, or, you know, Dell's now the new caretaker of that truck. So why mess up the story of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that kind of goes back to, I'm going to throw Jeremy Cook back into this deal because, you know, Jeremy, he purposely Mexican blanket that was planned for the interior. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like, Oh, this is just something I'm going to put on
0: here for now until I get a seat cover. It was like, no, 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 no. but that's, this is the seat cover. That's where right? that style yeah. started. But yeah. then it kind of, and like I said, it, it comes back to working with what you've got right. and making it cool. Right. And that's what the guys were doing that yeah. couldn't afford.
1: Well, and that comes
0: seats yeah. or the blanket in there. Well, now that's the style.
1: And, and that comes from the surfers that, you know, in the, in the fifties that were buying woodies and the seats by then were, you know, they were terrible. So their way of covering it was a Mexican blanket. Why? Because Mexican blankets were all over Southern California. I mean, that's that's kind of you know your your staple. That's your your quilt if you want to call it you know yeah. from back east. But so that was really easy just to throw a blanket over interior and here you're in, boom.
0: But it created a style. I remember we we featured that in the blood, sweat, and, and gears. Yeah. So that was like our under construction um, section of the magazine where that was more like meant for the higher fabrication type stuff where he's going all out and it's really cool in its unfinished state. Right. Um, and I actually kind of, not an argument, but we kind of got into a discussion about that because for us, for the magazine, yeah, it was patina, maybe a little primer. It wasn't finished, but it was cool. Right. In his minds, it was finished. Just finished. It was done. Right. Um, so I remember him, obviously we're going to talk about Nacho much more in the next episode on the 6, 7, and seventy-two trucks. But I remember when I went up and shot that, he said, I want you to run this as a regular feature. I don't want this under construction. This thing's done. It ain't changing. And I'm like, all right, we're good. And that, you know, it was bit by bit that the patinas t- style trucks really started coming to their own as a style and be appreciated for what they were. And then obviously with any other trend, it kind of got into overblown where everyone had to have patina and fake patina and all that kind of stuff. But, you know.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Let's end this right now on a cliffhanger because we want you guys to come back and get the rest of the story about Dell and some of the other guys that built the 67 to 72s.
0: Yeah, because this kind of is is leading into the real kind of explosion and popularity of the C10 trucks, the 60 to 66, 67 to 72s, and then the square bodies. Um, I mean, obviously the 67 to 72 has kind of been the most sought after and the most iconic, but none of that would have happened if you didn't have the 60 to 66 trucks and the kind of the early pioneers of the c10 world like dell and dino so with the next episode we're going to be continuing on the c10 series Um, we're going to be tracing a lot of the 67 to 72 and kind of the explosion in general of the popularity of these trucks